1: And you know what I I invite you and all the listeners to do what i like to do? I like to bring my emotion to the real gym. And uh, when I'm on the treadmill, I like to like dance like a fool and sing out loud. No one has ever stopped me because I think it's just like super important to uh, bring the wildness of woman into the world. It's, it's our responsibility not to stay contained, but to bring our wildness and to show up in our fullness everywhere.
0: This is Your Kick-Ass Life Podcast, episode number 327 with guest Regina Tomaschauer.
2: This is the Your Kick-Ass Life Podcast with Andrea Owen, a no BS guide to self-help and badassery. Because ladies, let's face it. Life's too short for it to not kick ass. And here's your host, the girl who serves it up straight with
3: a side of crazy, Andrea Owen.
0: Hey there, ass kickers. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. I am so glad that you are here. First and foremost, how are you? How are you faring during these uncertain times, to say the least? I have been thinking about... All of you, so much so that I have insomnia again, which hasn't bothered me for a long, long time, but I'm sure a lot of you can relate. The anxiety and nervousness and anxiousness that we're all feeling of not knowing what's coming next is heightening our anxieties, heightening insomnia, heightening the way that we behave. And all that to say, I hope that you are doing your best to take care of yourself and each other. Last week, I sent out a couple of podcast episodes, both titled How to Cope During Uncertain Times. I think that that's what they were called. Um, Part one and part two, they came out last Wednesday and then over the weekend again. And this week, I will put out an extra podcast episode as well. I'm collecting more resources and strategies for you to cope the best you can right now. And today, I wanted to put out a regular interview. This particular interview was recorded, let's just call it pre-pandemic. It was actually several months ago with Regina Thomashower who you will hear I'm fangirling over. There's only a handful of people that I do that over and Mama Gina is definitely one of them and I I thought long and hard about before, you know, before putting this out and thinking can I bring this to my people? Can we talk about pleasure? You know, she wrote a book called Pussy, a Reclamation, which you'll hear about. Is this okay? And it felt like a resounding yes. I'm sure that so many of you are looking for a reprieve, even if it's just for about 45 minutes during these times and kind of have some kind of normalcy in your life after hearing constantly about the coronavirus and how we are going to bounce back from this, how we are going to take care of ourselves and each other during this time. So I hope that you enjoy this interview that I, I did with Regina. I certainly enjoyed speaking to her. And for those of you that don't know who she is, let me tell you a little bit about her. Before I do that, I want to make mention of there's a little bit of an audio flub going on for just a few minutes during the interview. My apologies for that. Her microphone was rubbing on something and we we got it fixed. But there are a few minutes where you will hear that. And please know it's just a few minutes and it does come to an end. All right. Here's a little bit about Regina. Regina Thomashower, a.k.a. Mama Gina, is a teacher and best-selling author, mother and media personality, and founder and CEO of the School of Womanly Arts, which began in her living room in 1998 and has since grown into a global movement. She believes that women are the greatest untapped natural resource on the planet, and that as people of all genders reclaim the magnificence of the feminine, the patriarchy will fall, liberating us all. Thomashower's approach stems from decades of research in the social, cultural, and and economic history of women. Her distinctive style, at once irreverent, unwavering, affirming, and sweary, has engaged thousands from all over the world. In addition to leading the School of Womanly Arts, Thomas Schauer has authored four popular books, including her newest New York Times bestseller, Pussy, a Reclamation, and has been featured widely as a leading expert in modern feminism. So without further ado, here is Regina. Regina, thank you so much for being here.
1: I'm so excited to have a chance to connect with you and dive deep and touch the lives of your incredible following and all of the people who look to you for inspiration. I want to inspire you to inspire them and inspire them to inspire us.
0: Oh my gosh! My, if people can see my face right now, like my face might fall off from smiling. I, I have, I know that this is going to be a rich conversation and might push some people's buttons. No pun intended, or maybe it was a little bit of a pun intended. So I, I want to jump in and, I, okay, I'm, I'm torn on where to start with one question or just jump right into the pussy. But uh, fair warning, everyone, that word is going to be used a lot. And actually, let's start there because that's kind of what the mood is is striking me and. Why should we use the word "pussy"? And why is it that so many women don't want to? And and, and really, several years ago, and that was me yeah. as well.
1: Well, it's all of us. It was me as well. Um, you know, we currently live in a world where women are devalued at work, at home, in relationship. We're at war with our bodies. We're disconnected from our truths. And the general pathways that women seek to find a sense of spiritual connection, embodied connection, enthusiasm connection, creativity connection, are uh, under-delivering in terms of really bringing a woman back to her solid, absolutely irrevocable home plate. And so being, you know, many years ago before I started this journey, like I was probably the most dysfunctional, disconnected, depressed, uh, shy, um, uh, completely lacking confidence in my womanhood, in my power, in every way you could lack confidence. And sought so many avenues of reconnection to myself, but it was only when I connected to the power of my sensuality, the power of my pussy that I was able to find my way home. And, I agree, pussy is a most offensive word. It, it's probably the most powerful pejorative word in the English language. You know, if you want to hurt or humiliate or insult a woman, you just call her a pussy. or it's the lowest of lows. If you call a man a pussy are you kidding me? You instantly shrink his balls, yeah. At, which is so crazy mm-hmm. because pussies are the most resilient organ, you know, compared to a man's balls. They are so frail. So it's just, uh, uh, so you can see that there's so much charge and so much um, unexplored power behind such a uh, an ignored Part of the feminine, really the seat of the feminine power. Every single human being came into existence because of a pussy somewhere on the Mm -hmm. way in or the way out or both. And so it's just odd that we do not revere this uh, source of human life. And uh, so my task was to begin to learn how do I reclaim. How do I take this part of my power that was never taught to me, that I never met, that I was always fearful of, and how do I own it? Mm -hmm. And there's, you know, women come alive in the outrageous. And even when a woman says the word pussy, she knows she is pushing an outrageous edge and it immediately brings a smile to her face. If yeah. you're listening right now, just say pussy. I mean, if you're driving along in your car, say it out loud. Pussy, 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 puss, puss, pus,
0: pus. <laughs> loud, Yeah, even
1: like <laughs> and, and if you're just like in your office and secretly sneaking this podcast, just whisper it. Uh-huh. Pussy! It immediately changes your chemistry where, you know, the more, let's say, logical or, um, you know, terms like vulva. Uh, They don't change your chemistry, Mm -hmm. but pussy makes a woman know she's badass and powerful when she reclaims that word. I invite you to experiment with it. It's not for everybody, but there are a lot of goodies down that highway. Should a woman be brave enough to tread there?
0: Yeah. Well, I want to kind of dovetail to what you just said, that it's not for everyone. And I think, you know, having read your book, Pussy, a Reclamation, there's so many things I love about it. First, just the content alone. Second is that the su- having been now someone who's published a couple of books traditionally, I know how important a title and mm-hmm. a subtitle is. So can I, and I know that uh, you this book was published from mm-hmm. Hay House, a well-known wellness and spiritual publisher. Did they give you any pushback with that subtitle? Like, or was it just, this is how it's going to be, just
1: what it needs to Th- be? This is a crazy thing. Like, uh, I was so scared when I got the download. You know, I was working on the book for a few years. You know how books go. Uh, And by the way, I just want to Mm -hmm. invite anyone who's listening, if you have a book in you, that book must be written. You you, you take this moment to just be inspired by Andrea and I and just like know that this download came to you right now to say yes to that journey because the world needs our unique voices to continue to rise and evolve. So as I was writing this book and originally I, I didn't really know what to call it. I was kind of, you know, because it's about how do you uh, take any life circumstance and rise because we're going to get hit in every kind of which way living in a patriarchal world culture as women on the planet right now. And uh, we need to reclaim our radiance powerfully at this moment and i i so i was floating the idea around and one of my best friends is a woman named Marie Forleo and she lived not far from me we um and so when i first i like i got smacked upside the head i was like i got to call the book pussy i was like oh shit regina please do not do that please you still have a daughter in high school do not call your book pussy please aren't you like pushing enough edges by running the school of womanly arts? Do you really have to? So I got in my car, I drove over to Marie's house and I was like, girl, I think I have to call the book pussy. I'm terrified. I'm like having a panic attack. So she's, (laughs) she, she said, all right, we're going to test the energetics. And so there's this thing where you write on a piece of paper, yes or no, or, And you hold it in your hand and you do like, an uh, somebody pushes your arm or you kind of, I don't Mm -hmm. know quite what that is called, but we tested my body against the title. And it was, we did it like 10 times. And every single time it was like, she's got to be called pussy. She's got to. And then I got this really wacky idea in my head because I have another friend, really close friend. And she's like, you know what, Regina. You shouldn't hire an agent. You should just people know you. Just go publish this thing yourself. Save the fifteen percent. I was like, that's ballsy. Mm-hmm. I want to do that. <laughs> so I, so I you called, did uh Hey, house and Simon and Schuster. You know, because my other three books were with Simon and Schuster, and I set up meetings. And so I just like waltz right in there. I sat my pussy right down. I was like, hello, have I got a book for you? this was the crazy part, Andrea. Everybody was game on. I got no pushback. Wow. I thought I like people were going to be like, oh, Regina, you've really gone over the deep end. This No pushback. Everybody wanted it. And uh-huh. I could not handle that. I was like, what do you mean you, you want wow. it? Oh, okay. <laughs> it was so cool.
0: That's so interesting. Yeah, I, I'm. I mostly was curious about the subtitle because having agonized oh. and gone back and forth with editors about the subtitle, and from from my experience, they want that part mm. of the title to tell people what the book is, and that's why I'm holding it in my hand, and the cover is so beautiful, and it's just the subtitle is just yeah. a reclamation, and it does tell mm-hmm. you what it is, but I, it's so incredibly powerful, and I think that. It's it's absolutely one hundred percent perfect. For yeah, what people this got is. it.
1: Even like I, I don't yeah. know why. I, I think it was just an idea that. I, well, let's say to, to be perfectly honest, I've been working for twenty-one years towards publishing this book. It probably should have been the color cover of my first book because that's what my first book is about. But it's a more gentle intro, and then the mm-hmm. second, and then the third, and this is the fourth. So I feel like. I got to work in the trenches to do my damnedest to begin to bring the culture forward one pussy at a time by teaching the classes that I teach in order to kind of uh, uh, awaken the women who want to be awakened to this rare and magnificent yeah. power that we each possess but have been warned away from our whole lives. So so I feel like I've right. been digging, you know, like digging the, 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 the trenches for the book for 21 years, which, um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I continue to dig. It's my pleasure. It's what I was built for and born for. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, and I love that you use the word pussy so many times in the book. And I think that that was on purpose. Yeah. We because... got to get used to it. Well, and, and, um, I know that I okay so I was reading the foreword and Christine it's is it Christine Christian. or is it Christian
1: It's yeah or Chris Christian yeah
0: Chris Northrop wrote the forward and I was reading it and I I was at the pool it was over the summer and I got a pen out and I underlined and she says if you want to know where your true power lies, go to those places you've been taught to fear mm-hmm. the most. Your orgasm, your period, labor mm-hmm. and birth, menopause, mm-hmm. menopause—all processes that involve your pussy. This is where mm-hmm. your real power lies. And I underlined that part because, for me personally, I doing this work for a living. I've done a lot mm-hmm. of work on myself. I have worked on my relationships with men. I've worked mm-hmm. on my relationships with shame, my my female friendships, mm-hmm. my money relationships. Mm-hmm. And this is the thing I have waited until mm-hmm. the end. And, and of course there's going to be more things for me to work on, but in, in the spectrum of big topics, the whole sex and pussy thing was sort of floating around there. And I was like, I'm going to get around to mm-hmm. that later. <laughs> I just wasn't mm-hmm. ready. And and I knew this year I was, and I've been working with someone who's been incredible for me. And, and it just is so serendipitous how she and I met and she's been, it, it's changed. The work has changed my life. Wow. and. I agree with this. I 100% agree with what she said. That if you want to know where your true power lies, go to those places you've been taught to fear the most. And I think for everyone listening, that sex and our pussies and it is the thing that we have absolutely
1: been taught to fear the most. What do oh you think? Oh my goodness! Absolutely. I think uh, I think pussies and money are the scariest buckets for women because yeah. they're the the places in which we've been educated to give our powers power to others. Um, And, you know, women grow up believing uh, that their sexual power is in service to uh, their partners and not owned by themselves. It's the source of the Me Too movement of women Mm -hmm. feeling a sense of, you know, there they are in a meeting with a high-powered executive and they think they have to trade sex for a seat at the table. And, uh, until that belief changes inside of a woman, we aren't going to evolve as a culture and we're going to, you know, divide men as predators and women as prey, which is not an accurate description. Women are powerful, but they don't. A woman Mm -hmm. who owns her pussy owns her life in a way that no degree, no, um, you know, job at, uh, Um, Facebook or a powerful political position can ever give a woman. It's true ownership Mm -hmm. of her orgasm, her sexuality, her knowledge of her body and her experience of her ecstasy is what fills out her sales. This, you know, a woman, it isn't built on service and labor to others. She's built on her experience Of the ecstatic privilege of what it means to be a woman, she's got to she's got to really you know put her key in her own ignition and turn that baby on and take it down the highway. She has to own her orgasm Mm -hmm. to own her life.
0: That actually brings me to to my next question because one of the things that I've learned that you were you were hitting on there is that we've been conditioned. Most of us have been conditioned that our that our sex appeal is meant for others mm-hmm. to give that away, that it's typically for mm-hmm. the male gaze, et cetera. So you say that sex appeal is an inside job. So can you tell us what are some ways, it's kind of a two-part question, what are some ways women can begin to work on developing their own sex appeal from the inside out? And part two of that question is how do we take it back? Because I think that there's a lot of people listening who feel like they do have sex appeal and feel like they they do own it, but their first priority, that
3: it, it's for mm-hmm.
1: someone else. Yeah, um, it's time for us to, like, throw the word pleasure in the mix. Uh, it's uh, as, almost as difficult for uh, our culture to really apprehend the importance of the word pleasure as it is to apprehend the importance of the word pussy. Pussy
0: <laughs> Ernan is a financial technology company, not a bank. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank & Trust, member FDIC.
2: If you're a parent, I invite you to join us at the Mindful Mama podcast, where it's all about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. With sometimes hilarious and always thought-provoking experts and friends, at Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm Hunter Clark-Fields, and I can't wait to see you there. Listen in to the Mindful Mama podcast.
1: Women are, have been brought up to take care of their husbands, take care of their children, take care of their parents, their families, their bosses, their friends. We have, it, there's a conspiracy of giving, Away all of this delicious feminine source energy, the source of life itself, that ability that a woman has to be turned on. And part one of reclamation is for a woman to simply play inside the paradigm of what brings her pleasure, but rather then giving that away to others to to begin to research and identify what is it that brings pleasure to me. Thus, the subtitle that enchants you, the word, a reclamation. It's it's almost as if um, the body woman is a portal between the divine and the human Well, we are the ones that give life. And even if we don't decide to have babies, which is up to each woman and every choice is is righteous, women create, they bring into being with their thoughts, their attention, and the source of her, what fuels a woman is her commitment to the discipline, the daily practice of pleasure, not on behalf of other people, but on behalf of herself. Mm -hmm. And this is a huge, like uh, driving a wedge between a woman and her cultural conditioning because we were all so acculturated. Turning everything upside down. It completely turns the model on its head. We we don't think, oh, wow. um, I've got a half hour before the kids wake up or before I have to get on the train to go to work or for I have to be at my first meeting. What can I do to invest in my pleasure, to turn myself on, to rejoice at the privilege, the sacred privilege of being alive and being in this female body? And so it becomes – incumbent upon each of us, just like we would never think of, you know, expecting to have strong biceps or triceps or whatever seps if we didn't go to the gym or work out <laughs> or we wouldn't think that, you know, we would, uh, you know, if, if, if we kept putting McDonald's in our body, we would be healthy. Right. But we don't notice that we've been fed a diet of like saltines and water In the department of pleasure, Mm -hmm. and want a woman really must begin to cultivate that relationship. And there's so, so many ways to do it, but it's a difficult journey to do alone. It is so easy, my love, in sisterhood. Ah, in sisterhood, when you have Mm -hmm. a conspiracy of girlfriends who are about, uh, Continuing to expand the pleasure in their lives between themselves and themselves, and then, of course, themselves and their families and their work lives and the world is a very different experience. Uh, It's way trickier, but there are ways we can hack the system. Probably the easiest thing I would recommend is if people can grab a copy of my very first book, which is called Mama Gina's School of Womanly Arts. It's like your basic little pink Bible for how do you begin to reorganize your priorities such that you become your own first priority. And I am constantly fighting this battle even now, you know, every time I wake up, I'm cranky. Mm -hmm. I'm like cross. I'm like irritated. (laughs) I'm like, really? Uh, you know, and, and so each day I have to not just, practice self-care. I have to practice exquisite self-care to just get me into a space where I can like fall back in love with myself. So there's practices. Mm -hmm. What do you do for your like morning practice? Like how do you crack crack the egg Um, of your day and whip it up in a pan?
0: Yeah. You know, it starts even before that is that I am almost obsessed with getting enough sleep. I love that. That had, I. Re- it took me a few decades to get it that, and you know, I remember mm-hmm. when I was a new mother, my kids are 10 and 12 now, so they're older now, but when I was a new mother, Just that kind of sleep deprivation really was the thing that made me realize, and also reading studies that women actually do need more sleep Mm -hmm. than men Mm because I would feel so guilty Mm -hmm. for getting eight hours of sleep. Mm -hmm. You know, like there was something wrong with me that it was like this moral failing. So that's the first thing that pops into my head when you ask that, and and just that way I can get up earlier than I need to be up to help my kids get up and things like that. But. It it's that, and then once I get everybody off to school, it's sitting down and uh, this is I don't I don't want to I'm not going to apologize for it, but for me, being really organized with my um, physical environment is my self care. Mm-hmm. I struggle when things are cluttered; it gives me anxiety. So that's one of the things I take special care of, and also my coach, you know, holds me accountable for meditating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's Mm-hmm. And I also like to write down my goals. so I guess I do a lot more things than I think I do.
1: All right, that's really good. Um, all those things are like uh, like you know, let's say if a woman's body was an altar, the portal between the divine and the human, right, then what you you've done there is like the perfect tidying and clearing of the altar which is brilliant and beautiful. And let's see what we want to add, like the the next little step. It's like, how does each woman create um, a few drops of ecstatic experience inside her own body? Because when you can do that, um, and Chris Northrup wrote about this in my preface uh, of, of Pussy, uh, you turn on all these neurotransmitters, including beta-endorphin and prolactin, which uh, are all those feel-good hormones. So it's like nourishing your body cellularly when you can experience ecstasy or pleasure. So, for example, uh, any woman who begins to slowly and magnificently a little strip tease in front of her mirror suddenly is cascading all of this beautiful uh oh, cellular hormonal wash and turning on all of her neurotransmitters and bathing herself in pleasure if she were to bump that up a notch and dance uh to uh like some sensual beat, you know, picture yourself dancing Mm -hmm. to a little Beyonce crazy in love, or maybe you're um, like in a more ecstatic spirit and you want to do love on top. Beyonce. I love Beyonce. So, (laughs) you know, so you can do, you know, it's, it's about moving that body and feeling the privilege of being inside it if you want to go a level further you'll just kind of like say hello to your pussy like hello gorgeous just even greeting her like let's do it right Mm -hmm. now everybody just look down at your pussy don't even have to take your clothes off nothing just say hello gorgeous can you feel the buzz like she (laughs) relaxes she's like uh oh Somebody sees me, recognizes me, knows me, talking to your pussy, appreciating her, you know, thank you for the life you give, for the creativity. Then if you want to get really frisky, you could stroke your pubic hair. If you have any, pubic hair has lost its popularity recently, but I'm a huge fan. Stroke your pubic hair. You might want to take a little bit of lube and self-pleasure, even if you self-pleasure for 30 seconds. You have ignited a fire that wants to be lit. Now, I'm not talking about having a screaming orgasm before you go to work. I am talking about turning on the 8,000 nerve endings that are dedicated to pleasure inside your body simply for the purpose of giving you pleasure, not doing anything, not going anywhere, just turning yourself on with compliments, strokes, dancing, music. I have one of my students who loves to sing to her pussy. She's <laughs> she, yes. she's not really a terribly good singer, but she's quite enthusiastic. Yeah. And she might, you know, she might sing Whitney Houston, the greatest love of all, like just kind of spread her legs and sing to her pussy. That's and I, I have to tell you, Pussies appreciate attention. If you ask your pussy, what should I wear today, love? What are you in the mood for? She's going to pick out such a cute outfit, cuter than you would pick for yourself. Like she'll find some earrings to match that sweater, you know? Like (laughs) (laughs) pussy is source and she is underutilized. I have a friend, uh, she and I were um, supposed to have a lunch meeting today and she just texted me this morning and she's like, Regina, the great pussy in the sky has said, cancel the lunch today. And so I just, I'm going to cancel the lunch today. And I I said to her, Cindy, my great pussy in the sky said, cancel the lunch today. Like it's it's (laughs) tapping in to an unspoken knowing that is so much higher in its understanding of you And supporting your dreams and desires. But it begins very simply by honoring this sacred body that each of us was privileged to receive when we got born with pussies or conceptual pussies or if you're trans to tap into that pussy that is yours to claim in this lifetime with whatever genital you were born with. I have trans women in my classes, and uh, their pussy is alive and so well and so precious. Yeah. So anyway, level up. <laughs> we're going to, you know, turn those pussies I on.
0: where we went. <laughs> well, and for anyone listening who's kind of like, what like i imagine there's some people listening who are like this is beyond what i've ever even thought about let alone worked on you need to get this book and i i invite people you know as someone who i still consider myself you know somewhat of a beginner on this particular journey i invite people to read your book and anything that you're that you question or that you push back on that is what you need to work on, and and I and I don't mean to, you know, talk about your book like it's mine.
1: Like, I, really <laughs> do. I love like, it as a consumer. I love you do like, that, Andrea. It's so sweet.
0: well, I mean, would you agree or would you disagree that like where where people are afraid or disagreeing or getting their feathers ruffled, like that's where you need to look under the hood.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll say that again. <laughs> under the hood, we're going under the hood. <laughs> Oh my God, what a cute name for a podcast under the I I bet there is one. If there isn't, we have to start one together. I
0: yes, we'll claim it. I I love it. Okay, well, one question I want to ask you because what I hear from a lot of people in, in my community is that they struggle with their full emotional range and more specifically. Anger and guilt or mm-hmm. sorry, anger anger and rage. Mm-hmm. And that they feel guilty about having especially rage. So how can women start to experience the full range of emotions, especially pointing at rage?
1: Yeah. All right. This is one of my favorite topics. Like I can just feel the wind in my hair as soon as we talk about the subject of rage. Anger, all the dark emotions, jealousy, grief, despair, like women are exceptional and extraordinary, especially in the expression of emotional truth. We are each like emotional pianos with 88 keys and we normally only get to play like middle C. You know, we're mm-hmm. sugar, we're spice, we're everything nice. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? Fine. Middle sea, middle sea, middle sea. Meanwhile, we are churning raging rivers. We are oceanic in our scope. When we have a betrayal, it is the fiery rage of the bowels of Hades oh, yeah. and beyond. You know, when we are jealous, we are short-circuiting, like from Mount Olympus. We, you know, and, and when we are filled with grief, we are down on our knees, wailing, you know, like a, a raging thunderstorm. It is all good. It is beautiful. It is part of life. And it, these are neighborhoods that women have been taught to never inhabit. Uh, which is why we have insane statistics, you know, of, around depression or use of Prozac or Zoloft where… Because Insomnia, yeah,
0: anxiety. Right.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, you know, w- women are flooding their bodies with cortisol, like stress, because we haven't been taught that we can handle our own truth, that we are safe in our own company with our own emotional or raw emotional brilliance you know it's it's like each of us is so radically gifted in our emotional range but there are just limited ways that we're permitted to express it so one of the things that i do in all of my classes whether it's you know the very beginning class virtual pleasure boot camp or um the mastery program or the creation course is really like, blow the lid off of a woman's emotional truth. And, you know, because in community, it is so easy to just like blast the fuck off and start to let it go. And it is so beautiful when women begin to inhabit this part of themselves. I have an exercise uh, in pussy, which is called swamping. Yeah. Swamping is just sort of shorthand for when you are experiencing a dark emotion that you don't approve of. Because generally we only approve of our happy emotions.
0: <laughs> right. And I love that you don't call it negative emotion. I call it I call them difficult emotions or yeah. yeah. So I like dark. Yeah, yeah.
1: So it's this beautiful color, right? It's like all those dark notes, like uh when you know that we live for in classical music, like that um, Rachmaninoff, da 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 da. You know Beethoven, bum 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 mm-hmm. bum. We we can't live without that. We love love those those all that range. So it's like, how do you begin to teach a woman to embody it? And I have found that the best way to kind of give a woman permission is through moving her body with dance and sound to music. You know what I mean? Like, you know, mm-hmm. you know, like Andrea, like when we used to get our hearts broken on the regular, like when we were falling in love with different people, not that it doesn't happen now, but... I I don't fall in love like weekly or daily like I used to. I'm like maybe <laughs> okay, maybe <laughs> every, maybe every couple of weeks though I'll get like a mad crush. But so you know you you've fallen, you fall madly crush on somebody and then they betray you and then you're filled with dark emotion and then suddenly all the music that's about that exact experience. It's as if it was speaking to you. Yeah. So he, what? I find a great way to begin to practice your dark emotions is give yourself a little time and space in your room or your home alone or the woods or jump in the ocean, being in spaces where mother nature exists. I have gangs of women that go into the woods and wail together. Uh, or um, go over to each other's houses. Oh my God! I was once teaching a course in Paris. It was hilarious, and all the, we were really practicing swamping. And so, all about five women were in another woman's room at the hotel, and so they all decided to get together and practice swamping. So they were raging and screaming and yelling, and and security came and knocked on their door. <laughs> Of course
0: they did, yeah.
1: <laughs> and so they opened the door and they said, "Anything wrong in here?" And they said, "Oh no, we're just practicing for a performance. We're just swamping." <laughs> they they said, "We're, we're giving we're giving a theatrical performance later, and we need to practice." Perfect. I thought it was such a clever response, so I, I just yeah. want to pass that along. Um, so it's it's a fun thing to do on the weekly with a gang of girlfriends. Uh, You can do it by yourself in the morning when you wake up because sometimes you're just in a mood and Mm -hmm. you just put on some like really um, dark, flavorful music and let it rip. Let that grief, that rage, that hostility move out your body with voice and movement and banging on the floor and moving your hips uh, it's important to find a little sensuality in the movement because that really allows you to process it even more than just running around like a two year old having a tantrum run around like a hot like flamenco dancer having a tantrum and you'll, you'll move even more emotion through your body so yeah. i recommend it it feels so good you'll save you know thousands of dollars on therapy and <laughs> and it's faster i feel like too because i've done that before i'm so yeah. glad i am so glad
0: yeah kind of by accident my my first marriage um didn't end well my husband had an affair with her neighbor got her pregnant and, Say and- what? Devastate, yeah, we, we'd we been together for uh, 13 years at that point. And so it was oh the universe. It's a long Girl. story. It's for another time. Like the universe told Girl. me to break up with him when we were 19. Universe told me not to marry him. I did it anyway, thinking it was mm-hmm. going to um, fix us. And it didn't. So the universe gave me this gift by mm. plopping down this beautiful neighbor mm. across the street. Mm. So uh, I truly 100% believe that. But mm-hmm. in the aftermath and in the grief and the rage and the humiliation that ensued, That's what I did. Mm. And I did a lot of it alone, I will say, because I felt like I was alone. This was right around the time my my friends were all getting married and having babies. We were in our early 30s. And so um, I felt so ashamed. So a lot of it I did alone. Mm. And it was on the treadmill. It was in my car. It was music. And I still, even when I hear the songs now, it makes me think of it. And I have no ill feelings towards those songs. It's almost nostalgic in a way. And I, I kind of like, High five that that yes. woman that I was yes. that was healing.
3: Yeah, and
0: to, and I I love that it's an exercise that you have. I did it out of total necessity. Yep. I felt like I would die genius. if I didn't get this rage genius. out. Genius, who's a genius? Um,
1: You're a genius. <laughs>
0: Thank you. And I do, I felt like it was almost otherworldly, like there was something
1: Ooh, else yeah. uh,
0: moving me. And, you know, now having read your book, I know what it was.
1: Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm so glad. And I I think you might want to consider just like pulling back your greatest hits and just hitting them hard now and then, because you know what? We love, women, we love to cry. We mm-hmm. love to rage. We love to feel the feeling of our aliveness that the culture does not permit, but rather shuts us the down.
0: Upon. Oh, girl,
1: no. girl. So, like, I'm, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, st- I started today with Prince. He's my favorite. He always can, he can make me crazy. That Prince can make me crazy. I, I love nothing compares to you. I love really anything print. Just embodies sensuality. Oh, so, so yeah. good. George Michael is that for me. Oh, That's really? That. I, oh, yeah. God, I love wow. that. Wow. Tell me which is your darkest, like see, I haven't got, like gotten totally cut loose by a George Michael song. Give me like your best.
0: Maybe it was because it, I was born in 1975. So in the nineties, I was in my early twenties, mm. late teens, early twenties, mm. and that's when mm. he wrote Father Figure. Oh, um, yeah. Oh God, just so many and I want your sex. I mean that yeah that to me, mm-hmm. a coming of age, that's mm-hmm. when I was in my late teens and early twenties, and just and his voice to me is incredibly yeah. sexy. Yes, it's
1: so sexy. I mean he has so
0: one of the top three like Sexiest male voices ever. Mm-hmm. And I and faith, like, are you kidding me? Freedom? Like, <laughs> just I've goosebumps even just saying the titles oh of the God. song and okay. thinking about I'm going in. it's such a crush on him when I was a oh little my girl. God, yeah.
1: Sister, I'm going yeah. in. I
3: love
1: it. I, <laughs> yeah. Like, I love I, 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 I love finding new songs to swamp to. It's just the best. James James Blake is amazing. Oh my God! I don't know his. <gasps> his Girl, song. try try the Wil the Wilhelm scream. I <gasps> okay. can take you there in one single second. Oh, uh, Beth Hart. I'd rather go blind with Joe Bonamassa. Oh, crazy. Yeah.
0: I'll have to look that one Any- up. I want people now to DM me when this episode comes out. DM me your swamping song, mm-hmm. and and we're gonna we're gonna make a list. I, I also the ones that I remember the most from my days of raging were Nine Inch Nails. Nine um, Inch
1: Nails, amazing.
0: Thin <gasps> um, sin, and the hand that feeds you. Uh, it, they were perfect for what I was going uh, through, and I would I would scream the lyrics in my car, uh, and uh, sometimes I'd be on the treadmill running so fast. Like my legs could not take me any faster, and I would have to stop because I was crying. Like, and I would just like I'm getting emotional even just thinking about it. Good. I worked at a place where um, they had a gym. Yeah, they had a gym, and it was after hours, and nobody was in there, Mm -hmm. and I could just go in there, Mm -hmm. and they had an incredible sound system, and I was by myself, and I would just run as fast as I could, and. And um Hannah Feeds You and Sin would come on and I just <gasps> wail and oh cry my on the God. treadmill. This is
1: so good. And you know what I, I invite you and all the listeners to do what I like to do? I like to bring my emotion to the real gym. And uh, when I'm on the treadmill, I like to like dance like a fool and sing out loud. No one yeah. has ever stopped me. And uh, <laughs> because I think it's just like super important To uh, bring the wildness of woman into the world. Uh, it's It's our responsibility not to stay contained, but to bring our wildness and to show up in our fullness everywhere. And the gym is a great place to practice.
0: I've had several clients tell me that they have broken down at the gym for seemingly no reason. And I'm like, Oh, there's a reason. And I invite them. It's typically a homework assignment Mm -hmm. to go back to whatever they were doing and give themselves permission to do it and invite it in
3: Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. because they feel it makes them largely uncomfortable. They want, they want to make sense of it.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And sometimes it's just, I I think of it as your body is just doing what it needs to do to take care of itself and, and really is loving on you.
1: Yeah, exactly. And love. Pussy, you know, because it's like full pussy range and expression. It's part of the 8,000 nerve endings that we have. It's 8,000, you know, notes of expression yeah. of our truth, 8,000 experiences of ecstasy, 8,000 lines of poetry that live within us. And and if 8,000 of our thoughts every day or 8,000 of our decisions every day are not made based on our truth and our pleasure, then we're not really living the design of what it means Mm -hmm. to be a woman. And it's time. It's time for us to live the design, not live like a little shrunken up version of ourselves.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh. I could talk to you all day, but I'm assuming that you have other (laughs) things to do today. And (laughs) I appreciate you so much. And like I said, everyone, I want you to message me on Instagram and tell me what your what your what your song is, your your swamping mm. song. Because I do think everyone mm-hmm. has one. If not, mm-hmm. they have an artist or two. Yeah. Or
1: or a swamping playlist if, playlist if yeah. they're really living well mm-hmm. and you sharing them is amazing, you know, because it's just so important for us to stand for each other's full emotional range, whether it's our sensual range or our emotional range or our physical range or our power range in this world. It's women standing for women in sisterhood. I love how you're celebrating your womanhood with all of the Lucky people who are privileged to listen to you and be impacted by you. You're, you're. I call them askers. Oh yeah, baby, yeah baby.
0: It's
1: beautiful. It's beautiful.
0: Well, I know you have something coming up this spring. So tell and 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 just so everybody knows all of the um, links are in the show notes and Regina's books and including what you have coming up. So tell us about that.
1: Beautiful. We have coming up uh something called Virtual Pleasure Bootcamp. It's coming up in spring 2020. And this is an a six week long course, which is your basic boot camp on how to expand your pleasure in your life and have it impact the way you parent, the way you work, the way you stand for yourself powerfully through the portal of pleasure. How do we connect with the feminine brilliance that is our design? And so this course is, you know, meant for spring. It's a time of rebooting, expansion, new life, and growing into the women we were born to become through the discipline and the practice of pleasure, so virtual pleasure boot camp coming in spring twenty twenty
0: virtual pleasure boot camp, I love it so much, and everyone, please, if you do nothing else, go out and get a copy of pussy a reclamation and Mama Gina's School of Womanly Arts. That's the title of your first one, mm-hmm. right? That's it. Okay. And I only want to leave you with one more song, and it's of course a George Michael song. And this is a good sensuality, like striptease song mm. that I do in my kitchen. I actually, I don't, I've never taken my clothes off in my kitchen, but I do. Ha- I have had many a cooking, lip syncing, dancing moments to the song "Too Funky" by George oh, Michael.
1: Oh baby, I am gonna, oh, I'm gonna do song a song. striptease in my kitchen in your honor right after this podcast. Please? <laughs> God. Oh my
0: god! Doing that. I have doing never it. been gifted something on a podcast episode that makes me so happy than that. <laughs> I will too. Yes, the song is too funky. The video is great too. It was. It's from the '90s and it has all the '90s supermodels Woo! in it doing a fashion with these amazing outfits and costumes on. Mm. So, oh god. Okay, I am. I am. I am filled with so much pleasure in this conversation, and thank you. I'm honored to have you here. Thank you everyone for listening. You know how valuable I know that your time is and I'm so incredibly grateful that you spend it here with me and my guests. And until next time, everyone, I will see you all out in cyberspace. Bye-bye.